0: Podcast today, we got a very, very special guest um, Winston Ellis, a world renowned actor, producer, choreographer, stuntman, <laughs> businessman with um, films under his belt, such as Pirates of the Caribbean, Cass, I do know, yeah, yeah Cass, it, right? It. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just to name a few,
1: just to name yeah, a few. Um, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the show, Winston. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Pleasure Fantastic.
0: to be on the show. Fantastic. <laughs> um, can we start at the beginning?
1: Wow. How far back do you want to go? As far back <laughs> as you want to go, you know?
0: Um, just to get to so obviously we know each other. Yeah, yes. But yes. I like to get to find out a bit more about my <clears throat> guests, you know, so right. to get an in depth feel of the person I'm talking to. Okay, you know? okay. So, right. what's so your background? Where did
2: you grow up? And you well,
1: I'm from, I'm from Reading. Born and okay. bred in here, at Reading. My parents are from Jamaica. Um, I got into the martial arts when I was very, very young. I was 12 years old and it was basically, I was doing, I was a boy scout and they had this Duke of Edinburgh award thing that was going on oh. and basically you had to do all these different things to get your different merit badges, mm-hmm. that you you your shirt, and they said that you had to have a, an interest badge, to get your interest badge you have to have this hobby or an interest, mm-hmm. and I didn't have one, so I was thinking, what can I do, what can I do, and it was, a, they opened this martial arts school at the bottom of my road. I didn't even know what martial arts was. I was like 11 or 12. didn't even know what martial arts was. Went down there and I literally fell in love with the other teacher, Ga. And that was my first taste of the martial arts. So from that moment on, I was captivated in martial arts. And so I actually gave up the Boy Scouts and stuff with the martial arts. And then years later, I ended up going to America at the age of 17 on my own with my teacher, Leong Fu, and a guy called Paul Wayman. And we did the U.S. Open, which I won. I was one of the winners in the U.S. Open my category. So I ended up staying in America for four years, teaching martial arts in Florida and Miami. And that then brought me back here to open up my first school.
2: So I came back to the U.K., opened up my first full-time martial arts studio. So I was teaching a number of people, a number of local guys
1: here, yeah, really. it, was, it was crazy actually because the thing is the police thought we were the military team at the time because like the train was so strange, yeah. exactly. but, but the thing is
2: um, I loved it, I loved every part of it and um, what happened was
1: I kept the schools going for a number of years and I used, to, I used to branch out to places like Greece and Cyprus and teach in Holland and Germany, so I'd go and hold seminars in different European countries. And it was while I was away in Greece, I was teaching a seminar in Greece many years later, that I was um, on the beach one night and I was thinking to myself, "Well, like, I've got a young son now, and um, I really want to stop doing the full-time, full-contact full fighting, and I want to concentrate on doing something more with my life, and I want to concentrate on what I want to do next, my next night's next level. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that um, was, I was late on the beach one night, and then all of a sudden I had this guy come up to me, because so I was doing my carters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this guy, this little Chinese guy, came up to me and he said, "My boss wants to meet you." And this guy's name was Simon Yem, I'll well, never forget him, Simon Yem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he took me back to this hotel and wait right in the hotel lobby was a guy called Kho Fai mm-hmm. and Jackie Chan. Wow! And they're out there location shooting doing their movies, location shooting for their movies. Mm-hmm. And they invited me to come and do a movie called Cypress Tigers that was being shot there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, <laughs> You can imagine, it's me from Reading, mm-hmm. I'm not even thinking about movie business, yeah, really? <laughs> I watched these guys on TV, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, they invited me to do a movie in Hong Kong, so six weeks later, I was flown to Hong Kong where I made my first picture, wow. and the rest is history, it was like basically, I caught a bug, and I was stuck with it from now on it was like 10 years of my life in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. making action films, Wow! You know so I didn't come back to the UK until 1997 when Hong Kong was given back to China. Yeah, they did yes, a transition. Yeah. That's when I came back here. So basically that's how I got into the movie business. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So from there, coming back to the UK, it just kinda of snowballed because one of the first jobs that I got when I came here was a movie called China with Michael Caine. Yeah. I think and, I was yeah, sure. yeah so I watched a, did
2: a movie called Shiner.
1: I did cast with Cass Penn and the ball just started slowly through and I started to pick up more momentum. More
2: momentum got Pirates of the Caribbean, Batman, and I'm just going to shoot the next James
1: Bond movie with Daniel Craig. So. Wow. And so, yeah, so the career start is this. It's really developed over oh. the years now, so I'm producing, and now I'm going to direct him. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So, we're talking <laughs> off-camera <clears throat> regarding your production, right? Yes, yes. So, what, what are you producing? I'm producing a TV documentary, film documentary, mm. and it's called Ten of the Beast. And basically what it is, I have a guy, Eddie Hall, who's the world's strongest man. Mm -hmm. And it's about his journey from being the world's strongest man, a super athlete, Mm -hmm. to becoming an actor. And his mentor is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And as you know, Arnold did the same thing, because Arnold was a super athlete, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: seven, eight times Mr. Universe or whatever, and now he became an actor. And so we're following him on this journey over a two-year period Mm -hmm. to see his transition into becoming an actor. And we follow him through Ohio, Chicago, um, uh, Stoke-on-Trent, Birmingham, and we end up in LA. So basically, and it shows what you have to go through, Mm. the highs and the lows, it shows the mental torture, the sacrifices you have to make to be in this business, to be in this industry. So to go from the top of your game in a different industry... Mm. To come start at the bottom in another industry, and start again all over again from the bottom,
2: trying to work way up. Yeah. So we show all of this. It's going to be an amazing documentary, and we've got some big name stars on it. <coughs> well. And talk
1: about their transition. Also, people like Sylvester Stallone, Blaine Johnson, okay. Jason Statham. All these people have had that transition mm. from sports personality mm. to the big screen. Okay. So when yeah. when is it? When is it? We think it's going to be out. We're we done, you're still we at the moment we hope that we're look we're looking at a release date of uh, October. Nice. And so we're hoping that it should be out by October. So we're keeping our fingers crossed right now because with all this stuff that's been happening with COVID and everything around the world, we've had delays, 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 oh, yeah. delays, delays. But we've got 90 percent in the can. We've got a little bit to finish off on, and then that's it. We'll be hoping to go to market with it by the 21st.
0: So, has a film industry you've been drastically hit by COVID? Or-
1: yeah, you know, the thing is, it's, it's crazy because I thought it was going to take a lot more, a lot longer time to recover. Okay. Because things ground to a halt. Yeah. You know, and when I mean, when I went it ground to a halt. It literally, blasted you, imagine this, this time last year, it grounds completely to a halt.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, there was nothing going on. And it was kind of scary for me, because it's been my livelihood for the last 30 years. Exactly, yeah. And all of a sudden, to be faced with a situation where you have nothing, yeah. and there's nothing going on, and you're right in the middle of production as well, So, and you don't know whether it's going to continue or not. Yeah. So it was a very challenging time, but it's um, I think it hit a lot of people. A lot of people got out of the industry,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but now it's starting to come back with a vengeance, because there's a lot of investors now that invested big time
2: in yeah. productions, yeah.
1: and there's a lot of big productions that are being done. And so, yeah, it, I think it's coming back full force. And the government and the social, and all the, uh, the uh, different avenues, they're throwing money at it. So, I think it's going to turn out pretty well.
0: Because the UK, I think i heard someone that <clears throat> the UK is put throwing a lot of money into trying to get big films filmed over here, right? Yeah. Of Hollywood on it,
1: on it. That's right. It's <clears throat> a lot of this. That's been going on for some time now, because what you find is there's a lot of tax incentives for shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons why um, play things like Game of Thrones, and Penny Dreadful I did as well. Yeah, shot, yeah, yeah, all yeah. shot yeah, here yeah. in Shrine Ireland. <laughs> okay. Because there was big tax incentives by the country for these big production companies to come to their countries to film. Mm-hmm. So they'll give them back massive tax refunds. Mm-hmm. The, the UK are basically just joining that bandwagon. And it means that we're going to have a lot more big films and productions being shot here in the UK, which is going to be great, going to be fantastic for our industry. Okay. They're building one of the biggest studios in the country here in Reading. In building, yeah, 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 the building—it's actually in production. It's owned by, um, you know, where the uh, David Lloyd. Uh, wow! Yeah, the building over there. You know, wow! It's actually wow. in development right now. So the
0: industry's coming
1: into town. Oh yeah, it's yeah, gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah! Wow! It's one of the biggest studios in the UK, and they're building it here. It's, it's going to bring a large, lot of jobs to the town. It's right? going to bring a lot of jobs. So it's yeah. going to bring a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities. A lot more opportunities, yeah, yeah. and plus the fact for a lot of more younger people mm. who want to get into this industry. Mm. This is going to be a really good stepping stone for them, a good platform. Because, oh, yeah. see, that was one of the things when I opened up my company, the E behind my company, mm. was to create a platform for new talent. Okay. Not just people in front of the camera, but people behind the camera as well. Yeah. Because, you see, you watch the same old faces all the time on TV.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whether it be on TV or the big screen, it's the same cut. they do the same faces, they different characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's so much talent out there mm-hmm. that's not been tapped into. Mm-hmm. So, when I set the company up, I wanted to create this, uh, the ethos behind it was, to, in memory of my friend who passed away, Mark Schrager,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was to create a platform that that next generation
2: mm-hmm. of talent yeah.
1: would be able to base itself upon and start to develop, you know, so you give them a break, both in front and behind the camera. Yeah. So that was the basis behind what we are looking at doing, one to the projects that have that positive message. Yes. And can bring in people to turn on the liver, you know? Okay, like, okay. Give them abilities, to give them open up doorways. Yeah. Well, I think we've had I think we've all had our fill of the Harvey Weinstein in the world on okay. people like that. Yeah. And there'd be some closer to home just recently. <laughs> just mentioned the to' home, I won't mention any names, but yeah. Some people just closer to home that have been caught in the line right now. Okay. From doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. So you've been in the industry, that's a very good point you been in the
0: in- was it as rife? Did you notice stuff like that? Because yeah. you've been in the industry, you've been to Hollywood, yeah, you've been yeah. in Hong
1: Kong. Yeah. What, is it, what, was it Worldwide? It was has, it? The thing about it is, is that, what you find is that you have this, the movie industry
2: as a whole, the mm-hmm. music industry, the movie industry as a whole, mm-hmm. you, it
1: has a kind of power. I don't understand it, mm-hmm. I never really understood it, but it has a kind of power, mm-hmm. where it's able to captivate people. People want their 15 minutes of fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people will do anything to get that 15 minutes of fame. True. They'll do anything to be in the limelight, for even five minutes, mm-hmm. to be around celebrities, to be a celebrity, be on a red carpet, mm-hmm. and to see what it feels like to be in that that, strong, that, that era, mm-hmm. uh, that, that environment. You know. And when you have people that are willing to do that, mm-hmm. the people that are in that position, in the position of giving them the opportunity, Sometimes they can turn around and feel powerful yeah, yeah. because they know, you know, they know that they want this more than I, you know, but they really want to be a part of this. Yeah. So when they feel they have this kind of like godlike complex,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so to speak, and I witnessed a lot of it, I did, oh, in my career, I witnessed a lot of it. And that's one of the reasons why I fought so hard against it and to develop my own company to help it that we don't we wouldn't have to have our next generation of kids. I have to go through that. Yeah. I've had, believe me, I've had young people as young as 16, 15, 16 mm-hmm. contact me through social media or send stuff and say, you know, we'll do anything to get in your movies. Wow. And I'm like, you know, that's a very dangerous that's thing dangerous way to make. You, you, know yeah. I mean? you don't want to do that. You want to turn around and show your talent. You want to be judged upon your talent, your skill set, mm-hmm. not what you're willing to do. Yeah. You Know and that's that that opens a doorway to so many other problems, yeah. So, yeah, there has been a lot of it in the past, but I've seen a massive change Mm now because now they've taken away the power, Mm -hmm. and no one is too powerful to get taken down. It's true, look at Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein. You know, it's time for change, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, working all over the world. Right. Eh? I'm fascinated. So, we we'll that topic. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, you worked all over the world, right? Yeah. Like, you literally. I have. Um, where would you say is your favourite place to work? Because you were 10 oh, years yeah. in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Three the, three the, um British. Yeah. Yeah, but where's the best place you worked? Like, wow, you're going get me in trouble now, you know, No, no, you no I, I'm
2: just saying,
1: oh, okay, okay, <laughs> depends how you answer it. <laughs> so, where's the <laughs> best you had um, the most, you, it was pleasant to be, you know? I'll mean? tell you something. For me, And I have to honestly say that working in Hong Kong was just amazing. Mm. And I learned so much from working in Hong Kong Mm. because, you know, it was so down to earth. It was so quick paced. It was like, I was shooting two movies a day sometimes. Wow. And I mean, I'd go from one movie set, I'd be filming, I'd be a policeman during the day. Mm. And I go onto a movie set where I'm playing a soldier or a criminal on another movie set at night time.
2: Okay. And
1: it was literally, there was that many productions going on. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much about how to make movies, about lighting, camera angles, how to do fight choreography and so much. So it was incredible. But what I loved about Hong Kong, and I think it made, made stood out in my mind, one of the best places for me to film, mm-hmm. was it, it was 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, nothing closed. Wow. You could get anything, you could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow! So if you wanted to go out, if you were at home, you thought yourself, well, you know what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning, I want to go to a cinema. Mm-hmm. You could actually get up, get dressed, and there's a cinema. It will be somewhere open. Wow. You want to go to a restaurant, there's somewhere open. You want to go and get a suit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A suit mm-hmm. made, I'm you kidding, know, mean, everything. Because I believe me, we'd go out, <laughs> one night there was a a friend of mine, went out. we went out on the night out, it was on like a Friday night, we went to a club. Mm-hmm. And we got out jeans t shirt, went to this club, and had a really good time there. And um, a friend of mine turned and said, Hey, listen, there's a premiere with the Van Damme movie. I think it was Double Impact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, 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 they released it at the time, this Double Impact being shot. I mean, you want to come to the premiere? I've got some tickets for you guys to come to the premiere. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, you know, why not? But I have to go home and get changed. You get changed, why? Went down to Taylor's, had a suit made there and then within two hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Taylor made customer, i want on the red carpet in a brand new suit. Wow. Within a couple of hours. And it Cost a hundred bucks, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, that's what the lifestyle was like
2: mm-hmm.
1: back then in the 80s and the 90s and the, and the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I haven't been back since 97, but mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was one of the most fantastic places to film because of the fact that it was just so easy
2: mm-hmm.
1: to work there. You know, I found America, filming in America, it was like you know, it was great, it was fantastic, mm-hmm. but um, for me, it was kind of like some, it's somewhat daunting in a way, it and it's kind easy. of weird. It's kind of weird because I remember the first time I filmed at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and we were doing Pirates of the beer, And I remember we were on set, and they had a lunch break, and I decided to go to the main canteen at Universal. that's mm-hmm. a huge canteen area, and I remember walking into the canteen area, and everybody was suddenly, God knows, maybe a hundred people in this canteen. And I remember looking around the room, I'm thinking. And I can almost recognise every face in here, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do You know, what I mean? from a TV show or from a film, from a movie, from something. Mm. I recognise almost... So, so in the canteen,
0: everybody's not from Paris, of the
1: Caribbean? No, no, no. There, there's, there's, there's lots of different things going on. Yeah, all, the, okay, yeah okay. all different productions going yeah. on in Universal Studios, all different productions that all been filmed, mm. but this one's canteen, everybody's coming there. Okay. And so, you know, Queen Latifah and all this stuff, like, they're all filming there. But I remember um, Tom Cruise was filming... Um, uh, the World of uh, Tomorrow's World world, the world. world. world, world Worlds, that's, world yeah. Yeah. he was filming that at the time, so they were down there, Brad Pitt was down there at the time. Mm. And I remember looking around this room, I'm thinking, I can, I almost recognise everybody in this room, mm. but nobody in this room knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I have to change this dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was for me, that was like, yeah, that was the, that was yeah, I was thought like myself, you know what? Mm-hmm. I got to change the dynamic. I got to make sure that they know who I am, mm-hmm. or one day they're going to know who I am. Mm-hmm. And so that's what set my set myself a a target, a platform, and that was what I want to aim towards. So the early days for me filming in LA, and was kind of daunting mm-hmm. because of that. You know, you sort of see. So I remember the first time I did a scene with um Roger Moore on the movie The Quest. Okay, yeah. and we were filming, and I
2: remember I'm thinking. I grew up watching this guy (laughs) as the saint, as James
1: Bond. Sir Roger Moore, you know what I mean? And when he started delivering his lines and it was my turn to say something, I was like, I'm sorry, sorry." (laughs) stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, you're completely in awe of this man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it took me a little time to get used to that kind of thing, you know what I mean? But um, just to turn around and say, I loved, I filmed in the Philippines, I filmed in Malaysia, in Singapore, Mm -hmm. I filmed in Hong Kong, I filmed in America. I filmed in loads of places around the world, so I don't really want to try to say they're my favourite one. There isn't, yeah, yeah, that's a different experience. So they're it's all different, different in a different yeah. kind of way. You get yeah. different experiences in different places. Yeah. And you meet some lovely, lovely people. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is for me, this industry has become my whole life now. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I really do love what I do. Yeah. And I think if you find something that you love doing, it makes the whole difference in way it does. it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like it work. It does, yeah, it doesn't yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, that's what I do. What's it? what's it like? So we
0: touched on everywhere you mentioned yeah. everywhere except the UK. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You said everywhere. everywhere so, funny. so what's it like? What's it like filming in the UK? Like,
1: do you know what? We're From the UK, you know. Do you know what the funny thing about it is? is that I've noticed a change in the UK now. Mm. When I first came back here, it was so difficult as a black actor.
2: Yeah.
1: Trying to get a foot in the door here in the UK back in the eighties and nineties
2: mm. wasn't easy. Mm.
1: Because you were getting typecast, okay. you were going to play the bouncer, the hitman, the bodyguard, or the killer, or whatever, or the drug dealer. Yeah. There was no real prominent roles for black characters.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember trying to get in. I'm thinking, this is I'm treating in my own country.
2: Yeah. In my
1: own home. Yeah. I'm not given that respect or that level of what I deliver, what I can have, what I can deliver as an actor. Yeah. What, when I go to Hong Kong, I'm getting starring roles, I'm getting big leads, I'm getting all kinds, I'm playing all different types of characters. Yeah. I'm coming home to my own country and I can't get that.
2: Yeah.
1: And over the last few years now, you've seen so much change. You know what I mean, it's so much change, but you've got imagine, you know, I remember getting a, I get, I get a radio company, I think it was the BBC, contacted me to do an interview a few years ago. And I remember the question the guy said to me was like, um, we want to interview you about Coronation Streets. Mm. About Coronation Street. Yeah, and I was like, I've never been on Coronation Street. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, um, well, Coronation Street, after 60 years of being on TV, mm. they finally have the first black family on Coronation Street. So mm. they're going to be introducing the first black family. Mm. So we want to have your views on that.
2: Mm.
1: I'm like, you should be ashamed to be asking the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the fact is, black people have been in this country from the start. Yeah. So you're just recognizing that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's what we are trying to turn and say. Yeah. You know, for, for a TV show like Coronation Streets to only now recognise, after 60 years, mm. that maybe we should show a black family in here, mm. that tells you there's something wrong with the dynamics. Yeah. So, for me, I love my home country, I love the UK, don't get me wrong, but I find that it's only now starting to wake up to the reality of real diversity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's only over the last couple of years, and because it's been literally put in your face now, mm. And that's one of the things that I think that lockdown has given a lot of us, really.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I think lockdown, as bad as it is, Mm. I think it sort of like created a space and a time where people were stuck at home, Mm. they couldn't go out anywhere, they couldn't do anything, so they were stuck watching TV Yeah, and they had to see things develop. Yeah. they had to see the George Floyd. They had to see all these yeah, kind of firsthand. Yeah, the, first hand, yeah first actually. Hand. Yeah, yeah. They had to see it. They had. Yeah. They couldn't get away from it anywhere. Yeah. And I've had people come up to me. Well, some of my white friends and whatnot. Like, I really didn't know that happened. I really didn't know that kind of thing still existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't believe this. And they're marching in the streets now, thinking, "Yeah, mm, yeah. it took lockdown for you to realize that." Yeah, yeah, you yeah know yeah, <laughs> It was needed. You know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. so that's my month for me. It's been. More difficult in the UK than it's been anywhere else in the world for me. Wow! To get on that platform. Okay. Now it's starting to change. Yeah. In answer to your question, it always has been very. It was in the beginning. It was very tough here as oh. a black actor filming. Yeah. To get good roles, to get to get yourself into a good position here in the UK. Very very difficult. And if you did, you were the one. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, the another one, one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets or she gets. Yeah. Yeah. That's And, yeah. It. and yeah. it's very much the case still to to a certain extent now because. I go to a lot of schools and colleges up and down the country and I do mentoring court talks and I do talks to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I would do is I'd go into schools and I'd say one of the first things I'd do is I'll walk into a classroom and I'd say to the kids, Okay, name me two big American black men movie stars. Mm-hmm. and they say, Denzel Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, and yeah. say, well trade off, you know what I mean? Um, name me two female black American stars and they'd come out the same thing they'd be able to name straight mm-hmm. away. And so, right now, name me two British ones. Mm. And up until recently, no one could have <laughs> ever been like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um. and now everybody says the same thing. And the first word that comes out of anybody's mouth now is Idris Yeah, because That's the only one they can recognize. Yeah. Because it's like a token. But yeah. now we have so much more talent coming through. Yeah, yeah. And it's always been there. But they just never got that platform, it's never got that recognition because they didn't have the work here in this country. We weren't given the opportunities. You know? So, this is really weird. What made you. What do you
0: think's made the change come around? Is it um, is it recognition of talent, or is it black people make money? So, black, so you know what I mean. Yeah. So like lead black actors or, or black genres or
1: whatever it may be. I think are uh, making money for the box office. So I think that I think we've broke the stereotype because they didn't believe. I think they didn't believe that we could make money with black actors.
2: Okay, and I think. Um, that's been proven now that we can develop, we can make a hell of a lot, we can do a lot. And black industry, look at America, look at America you know uh-huh. what I mean?
1: You know, they're, they're some of the biggest producers in America, the biggest studio owners in America are black.
2: Yeah. Now okay.
1: look at Oprah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's now, the dynamics have changed, mm-hmm. but we are still trailing America, I feel, in this okay. country. Okay. America lead the way in the fact that they recognize that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they endorse that. We've only just started to do it here in this country,
2: where they've started to endorse our talent. Mm. And again, it's still a cherry picking for the ones that are
1: still with this. Or like, yeah. okay, Idris, you can come in. Okay, you can come in as well. Yeah. You know, there's a few names that they can bring in. Yeah. But it's sort of still cherry picking rather than really laying a platform out there for everyone. Okay. You know what I mean? And they're now in real diversity to be sure.
2: Yeah.
1: I've noticed that over the last few years, over the last year actually. The amount of commercials and TV commercials I've seen now, that you see mixed race families, a lot, a lot, a lot. Even the music that's Hell right, yeah, the background, is exactly. more tailored, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're starting to say, "I okay, think, yeah, okay, you got a little coffee, your cream now." It's about yeah. time, you know what I mean? It's starting to put some stuff into it, and it makes me happy to see that. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, I'm listening to people sat around and listen to their reaction, and they're like, you know. Why are they doing it like this now? Why is it? This? So some people are saying they're going over the top. They're going too far. And I'm like, it's not far enough. But it's it's actually a
0: reflection of where we are. I think so. Not it's, it's not too far. It's not so it
1: could be more. But it's actually I think perfectly where we are. Where yeah. we are. Because the thing is, we live in a we live in a very cosmopolitan society.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just it, it, I don't think there's very many places you can go on the planet, if anywhere, where you can find one race of people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, one color of people. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? It's not. I can't think of anywhere on the planet where you're going to find that anymore. Very, yeah. very few places that there is. Yeah. The thing about it is, especially places like the UK, mm-hmm. we are so cosmopolitan. We need to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah, and the same with America. You know, it's to diversity. We need to reflect that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking for a lot of people trying to say, you know, you know, you know you're 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 going to get this opportunity because you're black or
2: because of this. Because I don't want to be a token. Yeah. I want to be given the opportunity because I'm
1: good. Mm-hmm. I want to earn it. I yeah. don't want to be given it because I'm a like, colour of my skin.
2: Yeah.
1: I want to be treated like the next man because I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean. I don't want to be given a job because oh yeah, we need to get another black colour in there now, so let's just get another guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's not what I'm looking for. Yeah, it's less rewarding, right? No, it's not. You really, know, no, it's no, not. What's, not the what's the word word again? No. There's no <laughs> gratification. No, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you know, at the end of the day. If you're going to give me an award just because of the fact that I'm a black actor, then no. Yeah. You know, it, this, the color should not come into it. No. Skill. Yeah. It's a skill. Should be skill. It should be a yeah. case skill. of you're a good actor, Winston, we're going to give you this, or yeah. we're going to allow you to do this. Yeah. So I don't take anything. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't take anything. I earn it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's what I try and pass. The message I pass on mm-hmm. to all black young men. You know, it comes up. I've seen some people coming out uh, the last riots that they had. Mm. And they they have black power and this kind of stuff. And they're young guys, I'm thinking 16, 17-year-olds. And they're talking to me about racism. You're honest about racism. You're old enough to be able to understand it. You just start to taste a little flavor of it. You want to go back 20, 30 years when I was Mm. growing up as a kid in this country, what it was like? Mm. They were openly racist. (laughs) And it was acceptable. Because I could name programs TV shows.
0: I'm a generation behind you.
1: Yeah. But I'm pretty sure I saw some
0: that reflected.
1: Of course, yeah. you've got Love, Thy Neighbor, you've got uh, Mind Your Language. Yeah. These are TV shows that they had where they were allowed to use the N-word and Black This and Nick and all that kind of stuff. I've heard it all.
2: Yeah.
1: And gollywogg, well, when you go to school, the kids would then turn and repeat all this stuff. Yeah, because it's commonplace. Because it's commonplace yeah, and it's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And it's racism with life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? National Front and all this kind of stuff and, you know what I mean? I remember, you know, Powell always kind of the prime for private when I went to go home to our own countries. Wow. And I'm thinking, this is my country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember looking at forms, even to this day. Mm. And we are looking at a form and you're thinking, okay, you're not black. You know, you're not black. You're not oh, I'm African black. You're not Caucasian. You're not Caribbean. Mm. But there's no black English. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. what 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 box do I tick? Because yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I'm black English. Yeah. I'm born here. Yeah. I'm not from Jamaica, even though my parents yeah, are from Definitely you're from Jamaica, America, but you're born here. Yeah, yeah, I'm born here. Yeah. So the thing is you're not given any identity.
2: Yeah.
1: You go to school here in the UK yeah. in the sixties and the seventies and the eighties. There's no history taught to you about black history. There's yeah, nothing yeah. taught. Yeah. So as a child growing up for me, I'm in a classroom of 30, 40 kids, mm. five or six, maybe black, a mm. couple of Asians. We learn nothing but English history. Sir so Francis Drake, Christopher Columbus, yeah. and all these kind of things. We have nobody to identify with. Nobody, no role models that we can identify with. Mm. The only role models that we had back in those days that we can identify with were people like Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Or good Richards. Mm-hmm. and so basically it became this this kind of unspoken thing whereby black people were only seen as good as, as athletes okay. and not academically good, not yeah. learning good in business, weren't good at business but you guys would be good at doing sports and stuff and that was, people were trying to say it to your face, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're good at running, you've got muscles for running, you're, you're built for running, you're built for this, you're built for that but I listened to that when I was growing up with a kid, when I was growing up in school these are the kind of things I'd be told. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have got the brain power really, girl. You know? mm-hmm. We're more
2: intelligent than you are. And that was the perceived way to be, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't,
1: for me, it's really strange actually, because I fall against all of that all the time. I always fall against it. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the first TV show I watched whereby you had, that it showed you what really went on was Roots. Mm-hmm. And Roots came out. And I remember that came out in the 80s, if you're in the UK. I remember watching that as a kid. And I remember going back to school <laughs> the following week and I remember thinking, don't anybody ever call me by my surname again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you call me Winston or you call me Mr. Ellis, but don't just call me Ellis, because the teachers were always, Ellis, come here, Ellis this, Ellis that. Yeah, yeah. oh, oh. And I, I was, I was militant. Yeah. Because it sort of like showed me how we were treated and I became militant. And the slightest little thing would tick me and I'd want to fight.
2: Yeah.
1: But that didn't win me really and truly. I remember I met this guy called Hassan Bashir and I'll never forget he's a martial arts brother. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was through my teens, for a lot of my teens. I was very, very very much like that. I remember him one day sitting down and he said, you know what, the thing is, people will fear you but they won't respect you. Mm-hmm. This will not get you what you want. <laughs> You've got to use this. Mm-hmm. You can beat somebody up but that's not going to make them accept who you are. That's not going to make them like you. It's not going to make you want to accept what you have to offer. You've mm-hmm. got to work from here. And that's when everything starts to change for me. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, you know what, Winston, you have to try and use a different branch different oh, approach yeah, approach, yeah, approach. yeah, yeah, yeah. Method, You yeah. know, yeah. to get your message across. And it's taken time. It has taken time, but the fact is it's worked. Mm-hmm. Because I now turn around I set the bar high for myself. Mm-hmm. That means anybody coming in has to turn around and meet me there. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. not going out and meet you know, I remember when I was in the Bahamas, we were filming parts of the Caribbean. And uh, we stayed at a hotel called the Pelican Bay Hotel.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful hotel. you have Johnny Depp on Orlando Boom, McKiray,
1: all the stars, everybody's mm-hmm. there. We're there for 18 months filming. And they had this thing they called Christopher Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. And all the hotel staff are running around and they're doing up the hotel and they're putting up food and doing their big party and celebration or whatever. And I remember there's this one black woman, <laughs> I'll never forget her as long as I live, you know what I mean? And she was working in the canteen behind her. And I went back and I'm like, I'm probably not celebrating Christmas, promise day. And she was like, what is there to celebrate? That mm-hmm. this man came to our country and they raped and they pillaged and they tore up our country and whatever. We're supposed to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's not what they said in the history books. No. That's not what they said in the history books when I was at school. No. But when you go there, you listen, you think, okay, there's a side to this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what their hero Christopher Columbus is a hero here because that's what we've been brainwashed to believe. But mm-hmm. well, what he did over there was not that good. No. You know what I mean? And now people are ripping down statues here in the UK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. exactly. Because and it's now people starting to realise these people that mm-hmm. they're ripping down these statues. We were one of the biggest slave traders in the world. Yeah. the UK was one of the biggest slave traders. Yeah, in the, world. The, the
0: banking institutions now. Exactly, building, I
1: think the Lloyds,
0: yeah, Barclays, maybe. That's so well, maybe every institution literally it's built on it. It's built on slavery.
1: It. Yeah, it. on yeah. On and so people, what? I, don't get me wrong. I don't believe in. I don't think we should rip all these statues down and destroy them all. I think they should be put in museums. Okay. Because I think our children need to know. It's history. Who these, who these people were. Yeah, it's history. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying destroy it. I'm just saying don't sit there and worship it. <laughs> so educate, educate, Educa- correct, correctly. Yeah, yeah. No, so so edu- have
0: the statue there, but accurately say who that person is. Don't, that's it. Don't just yeah, don't, don't take it be, down, be, yeah.
1: and then it goes underground. That's it, exactly. I mean, you, you get, get you a cult following
0: who that's now it.
1: kind of worship that person. That's yeah. it, and it becomes this, it becomes this unspoken rule, and, under, and it becomes something taboo to talk about. Mm-hmm. No talk about it. We mm-hmm. need to talk about it. We need to teach our children. We need to turn and say, hey, look, this is where we're coming from.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's where we are now.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's your time to take us to that next step, our mm-hmm. next journey. Can, so now you have all the information. Because if you only give someone half of a story mm-hmm. and expect that person to lead your country, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. the Holy Patrol. <laughs> so you have to give them the whole picture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at least then it can bring our communities together. True. And I right. think that's where you're going to turn around and save a lot more lives if you turn around and bring the communities together by educating our children. Facts. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. Okay. So that's where I'm coming from. Now. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, acting.
0: Yes. Yeah. One thing that fascinates me is something that I saw on. Um, it's a meme I saw of DiCaprio. Right. And it was an um, when he played Jordan Belfort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And. He's normal, the camera's in front of him, right? And he's talking normally, and he pauses, and he turns it on. Yeah. And it was phenomenal, Yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay, um, who have you worked with? Who have you seen
1: exactly. that you've worked
0: yeah. with, and then you say, that guy turned it on. Because <laughs> like, I saw that, I'm not an actor, yeah, I don't know yeah, much yeah. about acting, but what I saw him do was a bit, Hate wow, Ledger.
1: you know what I mean? Hate Ledger. Okay. On Batman. Okay. He played Ledger on Batman. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt, he played ledger on Batman when he played the Joker. I remember that I'd just flown in from um, from LA. Mm-hmm. I was been filming Pirates and we just flown from LA. I was over here for a week to shoot those scenes mm-hmm. on Batman. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked into, we were filming in London, I went walking into the room and I saw a standing there with all the makeup and stuff. I was thinking, this guy looks the fire, looks the fire. Yeah. But he had these coins, you know, tribute, but the coins, he, held, he kept them. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: there's all these little tricks that he's always just getting his own mindset. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, come on. And you've only got four coins. Let me show at this first. So I put 10 coins on. He goes, that's how you do it. We started playing, we started talking. Yeah. And it was all this general banter. Worked out, he's a couple years older than my son, and we're just having a nice little chat. And then um, Christopher Nolan came to the director, and he's like, they really shoot a scene now. And the transformation. <laughs> was immediate, this guy just went and it was just, this character came out, you know what I mean, it was like, what just happened in front of me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What just happened in front of me, you know what I mean? And the thing is, if you watch this scene where Bo we're filming mm. and uh, the guy's got the guns in my head and he's got me by the throat and he's looking at his wife so serious and looks at me, you see my look on my face of fear. Mm. There's no, there's no joke about that because <laughs> I was absolutely, completely engrossed in yeah, that man's yeah, performance yeah, yeah. at that moment. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I've got to remember I'm acting, I'm in this film, I'm in a movie right now, yeah, but yeah. I was completely it's real Because this wasn't the same person I was talking to two seconds ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 You know what I mean? It was a complete transformation, transformational formation in front of me. Okay. And it made me realise a lot more about my acting ability because anybody can read lines. Mm-hmm anybody can deliver lines mm. but to deliver a character
2: mm.
1: a performance whereby you are that character you become that character you embrace that character your lines change the lines automatically change when you become the character the lines completely the word even even if we say the same word it sounds completely different it, it comes out how it come said out. Yeah. yeah it's how it's said, it's the, it's the meaning behind it and I never really grasped that before until I met Heath Ledger because it was just this immediate transformation whereby that it's like his eyes glazed over and he became this demon. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking, how do you do that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's what I thought when I saw DiCaprio. That's it. No, not in the flesh. Yeah. So I can't even imagine being on camera. That's right. And in. Opposite yeah. me, you acting, yeah. and I see you do that. That's it. I, I've got to then react to <laughs> that, react to that
1: exactly. while the camera's like, That's crazy. It was, it's a, it was the most surreal experience I think I've ever had in my life, whereby you watch the transformation mm-hmm. of someone, mm-hmm. and you can't find the gap. You can't turn and say, okay,
2: he's acting, or he's putting on. Mm-hmm. I actually turned and thought,
1: I'm scared of this man. Yeah, What's wrong with him? <laughs> Is that believable. <laughs> that, Is that believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the transformation was that real, and that quick, and that immediate. And it made me realise that I need to go back to school. You never stop learning. No, you never <laughs> stop learning. You never, you never do you stop learning. No, yeah, yeah. Because I'm older than this. This guy is two years older than my son. Mm-hmm. And this guy just blew me away completely yeah. <laughs> with a performance. that I just cannot. You know what I mean? It's just literally. And um, we, we we sort of became friends over the last couple of, over the couple of days we were working together. Mm-hmm. And we had arranged to
2: meet
1: up in New York. Mm-hmm. Because he was flying to New York and I was flying to New York. And um, I remember a few weeks later, catching a plane to New York, and I was just about to fly out, literally about to board the plane. Mm. And I got a phone call from a radio station uh, in Australia. And they were like, we'd like to have uh, a quick interview to ask you about your views on the death of Pete Ledger. Wow!
2: And that's how I found out about wow. him passing away. And I was just completely dead. I'm like, because for me, it was like,
1: I just was with this young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to this young man. Yeah. He can't be dead. And then when I found it, I was like, it broke me. I might have to admit, it broke me yeah. because it made me realise, because I thought myself, I remember seeing, when I saw his performance and met with him, I, I remember sitting there thinking,
2: this kid's going to be an Oscar winner. He's going to win Oscar. Yeah, yeah. He's got talent in abundance. Yeah. He's going to be one of the biggest stars going. And to know that his career just ended just like that, yeah. was
1: such a shame. It's the same with um, um Marley, I've got his name now, I believe that. Who just played Black Panther, who just passed away? Bosman. Yes. Chadwick. Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick. Chadwick. I can't believe another actor who mm. again phenomenal actor. Yeah. Ph- phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Yeah. And and when you see him as an actor performing in that, he becomes that character so realistically. He, he develops it. He becomes that character in such a way that you just you can't question his performance. No. You know? And there's some actors where you see them in different roles, but you think, yeah, you the same. So that was all right. was well, the same character all the way through. Yeah, yeah, you're the same person. You're the same person. You're just doing the same role. Yeah, same you, yeah it's just a, you're doing a different role, but you're the same person in every single thing you're doing. Yeah, yeah, really. there's, quite there's, few, there's quite a few of them. I'm not in the business, but I do. You I have identified that. Yeah, you can identify. Yeah, yeah. Because when you watch someone like Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, you think, like, you, you, <laughs> And you just keep blurring me out of the water every time. Yeah, yeah. Or you say someone like... Um, I don't want to mention too many names, but the thing is like Samuel L. Jackson, it, Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel Jackson, everything you watch Samuel is the same. Samuel's the same. Alright? He, he is. Well I, I felt a uh, bit like the I, I think that Samuel Jackson, uh, you know what I mean, he has a lot to bring to the thing, but it's 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 always that aggressive. I haven't seen he, he's always becomes this aggressive swearing. Yes, yes. In yes, your yes. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of his, that's his performance. Yeah, that's his. Where you can watch someone like Morgan Freeman. And one minute range. the pre- is, yeah. Range, range. Yeah, he's got a, a range. range. Yeah, oh, because range, one minute he's yeah. the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Next minute he's a killing gangster, you know what I mean? Right, a <laughs> banks, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a range there and you can see the performance change. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the difference. This yeah. is what I'm saying. I, I love to see people challenge themselves. Okay. Because I think you've got one life to live. It's true. You know what I mean? And I think if you don't turn around and challenge yourself, then how will you ever know what you can it's do with what you can really sure? I remember when I first started doing this, you know, people would turn around and say to me, back in Reading, you know, when I first got my first break, they like, movie started. you're acting, What do you think you are? You yeah, yeah. <laughs> know, man, forget that, forget that, you know, I mean, get yourself a job. Yeah. Nine to five, go work in Asda, go and do this, go do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even my parents go and get an apprenticeship, go and forget all this movie business. What are you up to?
2: Mm.
1: It's not possible. Listen to me, I've been around the world now three times. I've met princes, I've met kings, I've met queens, I've I've been to palaces, I've been awarded doctorates, I've worked with big movie stars, I've fed the homeless, and all of this came from this business. If I was working as a mechanic, if i had left school and been working as a mechanic, I'd probably get two weeks of a holiday a year. I probably have about three or four kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I never leave ready. It's true. You know what I mean. Yeah. So the thing is, for me, I was talking to my son just the other day. I've lived my life,
2: yeah.
1: and I think that's what you have to do. You only get one. Live it.
2: Yeah. And experience, do experience and
1: as much as you can. Then, you know what I mean. You have to. You have to get out. There, you have to live it. You have to turn live it to its fullest. Yeah. You know, and don't turn shortchange yourself because once you get to a certain age. And it's like that. You can't look back and say, "You know, I wish I'd done this." I don't want to ever look back and be no, wish. No, true. You know what I mean? So, hence, the all of the reasons why I admire what I'm seeing with you. Because you know, I'm right. thinking, here's a young man, and look at what he's doing, and right. look at how he's doing it, and look at this. I'm thinking, I'm impressed. And I'm really impressed. You right. know what I mean? So, definitely. Sure. <laughs> um, acting. One more question. Yes. All right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah I know you
0: do <laughs> cool, please. It's really okay. Right. Sorry. <laughs> So we mentioned De Niro. De Niro. Another thing yeah. that fascinates me right, about acting. Yeah. So we mentioned De Niro and Pacino, right? One thing that fascinates me is how you know how you he said Heath Ledger turned it on. Yeah. Uh, DiCaprio turned it on. What fascinates me is when one great actor turns it on, right? And they're facing another great actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now they have the tone flow. Yeah, so yeah. the heat scene. Yeah. The Niro, the yeah. Niro, uh, Niro and Pacino in the restaurant. That's good. Yeah. I think I've seen one better. Right, what was that? What was that? Um, Top Boy, the yeah. most recent Top Boy. Okay. Um. um what's his name? Bashy, the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley yeah. and yeah. Keno, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rapper. They're outside of school. Yeah, I've never seen the scene, but check it out. Yeah. Please okay. check, check it out. Yeah, I want your opinion. Next time right, we talk, okay. I, yeah. I, 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 but want but I want I want to know your opinion. Okay, how do you out. think of this scene? So okay. they meet outside of school. Right. They had friction in the last top board, right? right. Okay. And they have a face to face outside of school, and they right. have a one on one, just like De Niro right. and Pacino. Right. And that blew me away. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not anything in the, in the actors, I don't know, so know well, anything yeah. about it, but it blew me. I'd love to know your opinion on that. Yeah, but Yeah. More to the point, have you seen has that happen for yourself? Yeah, yeah. On camera, yourself or somebody else? That it's, chemistry. You know what?
1: Have you seen it? It's it's funny. And it's funny because the thing is, when I like I said, when I first started out, you sort of captivate, like a rabbit in headlights, when you see a really great performance from an actor. Mm-hmm. You kind of like. But then what I found is the bigger the talent. Mm-hmm is the better the performance for myself. Yeah. It brings out a better it performance. It brings it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you sort of, You want to step up your game. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the, <laughs> the reasons why, my age is going to kill me for saying this, but that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why I, I, I will never do live theater. <laughs> because I like the idea of when they say, Cut, OK, can we do it again? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. Because the thing is, sometimes you'll bring something to the table as an actor. Mm-hmm and it's written on the script, it's saying, I was going to do this, but then when you deliver the line, something natural happens, Mm -hmm. and it adds up more essence to it, or you do a bit of movement, it might be a little move you do, a little tip
2: or whatever, Mm -hmm. or a pause you make. Mm -hmm. And you have to have that
1: playground to be able to sort of play with it, play with the character and play with the wording. Mm -hmm. And what I find is when you work with actors who have got got that real ability, Mm Robin Williams, for one, Robin Williams was a massive. He was great at improv.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, his timing, everything perfect. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I think why Idris makes why White Idris is such a good actor
2: mm-hmm.
1: is because of his DJ. His timing, okay, you know, the timing music. It, it, it timings everything when it comes to acting. Mm-hmm. When to deliver a line, when to have that pause, when to take that moment mm-hmm. and let the let the let the audience wait for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, let the audience feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And for me, if I'm working against someone who's a great actor, a really good actor, their performance, the better their performance, is the better my performance. Okay. They bring out the best in me because I kind of, and I went to acting school, <laughs> so I can kind of mimic what they're doing, I'm like, mm-hmm. you, feed you, feed, you feed it off them, and then you're delivering back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, it brings up my intensity, it brings up my passion. It brings out whatever the scene may be. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I had to kiss a woman on screen. Mm-hmm. And it was a case of, walked onto the set, never seen this woman in my life, never met her in my life before. Mm. And all of a sudden, the director's out, okay, Winston, this is so, so this is Winston. All right, you you're to push her up against the wall and you start kissing her. And I'm thinking, it's a total stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> no chemistry. You haven't built up the theater, No chemistry, she's got to go into it, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it was a case of completely off the wall, both of us. Mm-hmm and it was awkward, it was fumbly, it was, you know, it was weird, you know, mm. know what I mean? Go fast forward a couple of years and I'm working now with another actress who's a talented actress, mm. she's comfortable or whatever, same type of scenario, never met each other before, gone on mm. set and as soon as the director said action, she's into character, she's moved in and it made me relax and I moved straight yeah, into yeah, it, you know what I mean, so it just clicked. Okay. So she brought out a better performance in me. Yeah. So you know, it can happen on all types of levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it a? Com- okay, it yeah, might
0: be. Yeah. It might be two answers to this. Is it a
1: competitive sport?
0: So is it a case of
1: I will not be outdone? So like when upstage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that the case? <laughs> there is a lot of that that goes on. You find that with a lot of the egotistical actors, whereby okay. the thing is, this is my scene. This is my performance, and I want to be able to do it. Don't move my background. Don't get in my line. Don't say this. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't switch. Because a lot of actors, they'll try and. Do something so they're not just sitting there in a scene. So look like for example say for example, say if you're a big actor and you're mm-hmm. delivering a big scene in this moment, and my my character's got no lines in this moment, he's just supposed to be reading, just supposed to be listening mm-hmm. to what you're saying. You'll find some actors will turn around and do something, and make some movements, or that's right. Like, just to turn around and take the camera the, the audio, the view away from what your dialogue is. So you start to think this guy what is what the this guy doing? you know what I mean? A very famous one, a very famous rivalry was Yul Brynner and Steve McQueen. Is it? The Magnificent Seven. Is it? I'm going to have to watch that now. Yeah, they did get along. They did get along. And when Yul Brynner's delivering his lines, when they first meet and Yul Brynner's delivering his lines, Steve McQueen didn't have very much to say, but what he would do would take his hat off and he'd look up and and do certain things, little movements, which drew the the audience to look (laughs) at him. Yeah like oh, just a background <laughs> voice. Yeah. On voice. Screen. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. your Bryn was the big star at that time. Yeah. And Stephen McQueen was the the co-star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yet yeah, still, he brought out a lot. And there was a massive, run, you can Google it, it was a massive Broadway we doing it too. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm just going to watch <laughs> it. Because I, I, I like, I like, the, I like yeah. these little things. And like, That's right. Yeah, yeah I, like,
0: I like those bits. You because because
1: if mean. yeah, you, you, you watch Stephen McQueen, he didn't have as many lines, but... He knew how he to... presence. Yeah. He had presence. He was a cool guy, honey. That's, and like, so like he could council. walk on a set and... Yeah. yeah. And he knew how to turn around and make the scene his own, even though it wasn't his scene. Mm-hmm. He knew how to make himself seen in that scene okay. by doing little things, you know what I mean? Little, little, little tricks. See, I never knew I know anything about that. Yeah. Now you just said
0: you me. I actually <laughs> love... I'm a big movie buff. I love yeah. watching films, and or I watch a bit deeper into the film. Yeah. So I watch, I read... I like watching, like you said, um, the director of Batman. Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I know he made a film, I watch
1: it. Yeah, I know
0: I know how Tenet. I yeah, watched Tenet. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So I watched I watched who makes films who you know what I mean the production no, it, team behind exactly. the film. I watch that a lot because then that's what I do now. Because the thing is, you you can see how something's been who well, who the DOP was, who shot that movie. Mm-hmm. I love the way that looked, that like the colouring, the grading, the way it was filmed, the cinematography exactly. was really well. Right, who directed it? Who put it? and he sort of built it. it? it yeah. And that's when you become my fan base. Used to be the star of the film. My okay. fan like base me. now has become who directed it? <laughs> who, who filmed it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I look at now. I'm like, I've become uh, this guy's great, so I'll watch a movie if this guy directed it. If this same guy, as that. If, this, if I know who the cinema photographer was, I'm likely, yeah, I'll watch the movie. Oh, same as that, same as that. Because he's more in depth. Not it? even because it
0: might only be a genre for my like, Yeah. but I know that the work that went into that is going to be to something standard. On and exactly. I've already liked that, so. Exactly, there you go. 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, Okay,
1: well, <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> if you okay. I won't keep yeah. you any longer.
0: But listen, we have to do this
1: again, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Let's definitely. definitely, a, definitely yeah, yeah, that, de- I'll invite somebody along with me next time. One of my, I, I think I'm going to surprise with a guest. Oh, fair then. enough. I'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. really, make sure um, I've got all cameras, all mics ready. When I leave here, I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to surprise you <laughs> with a guest. Fantastic. All right, so we'll set something else up. Sweet.
2: Sweet. Listen, thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for coming,